Today with Catherine Ruinala. Well, the Bible tells us that we don't have to live with regret. When we bring our sin, our shame, that is things you're embarrassed about, things you wish you hadn't done or wish you did do that you didn't do, anything that's shame, pain, disgrace, sin, you can bring it to the Lord, your ashes, and exchange them for his beauty, exchange them for his forgiveness. And the Bible says that when you repent, he doesn't even remember your sin. He makes no mention of past sins. Isn't that wonderful? That is, he doesn't even recall them. He doesn't think about them. When he looks at you, he sees you forgiven and righteous because you've repented of your sin and received by faith the grace and the mercy of God. So as a believer who's repented, received the mercy of God, our job is to walk by faith. The righteous shall, must live by faith. The scripture tells us the just, the righteous shall live by faith. That is, we have to apply faith and recognize that we are in a war. And there's a war going on for your heart, your mind, and your emotions. There's a war going on to try to limit you, to try to discourage you. And if you find yourself, and in fact, I feel there's people watching uh, this program that, that have been in this place where you've been feeling these negative regrets and you've been on a, a, depressive, tr a depressive track where you've begin to, begun to uh, just look at everything with a bit of a pessimistic negative view as you, you think, well, that was good, but oh, now then I remember that. And it's like something to spoil everything, uh, some regret that could spoil every good thing that you might think of. Well, as I was just in this little bit of a negative track this morning, I, I just began to pray and said, Holy Spirit, help me. I know this isn't a good track to be in. And I heard him remind me to begin to give thanks for the good things. So I began to thank God and I deliberately changed the channel in my head. Okay, okay, I recognize what I'm thinking about there is not the mind of Christ. That is not the will of God for me. God doesn't remember those sins. God doesn't remember those embarrassing things that I did in immaturity or through a lack of wisdom. He doesn't remember those. He's forgiven me. I don't have a right to be dwelling on those things either because the Bible tells me in Philippians chapter four that whatever is true, praiseworthy, noble, just, pure, a lovely, Think on these things, and those things are not pure and lovely. They are forgiven and forgotten, and God doesn't even remember them. So I also need to not be dwelling on them or thinking about them. So I changed the channel in faith. Okay, I'm gonna think on things that are praiseworthy, things that are noble and pure. Okay, God, and I asked the Holy Spirit to help me. I remember when, thank you, God. Oh, thank you for when that one was healed. Thank you for that testimony that came through this week. And by the way, thank you for sending through your testimonies. I get so encouraged. I had testimonies come through this week of people who'd been healed quite uh, a while ago, years ago, who were writing in just to say, by the way, my irregular heartbeat that got healed three years ago is still healed. And 
Um, others that were writing in this week to say, I sent in a prayer request that the doctors were telling me it was 95% that I was gonna get really bad results. And we prayed and they came back perfectly clear. So we, I, I began to celebrate. Thank you, God, for the testimonies. Thank you, Lord, for the ones that have been healed. Thank you for the breakthroughs. And as I began to thank him, then I just began to launch into my morning prayers. And where I, begin, where I pray for my family, I pray for the church, I pray for our partners, I pray for all the people that have been asking for prayer and I ask him, I bring my requests to the Lord. But you know, after we ask him for the things, and the Bible tells us to ask, he says, you have not because you ask not. So it's a good thing to be asking the Lord, deliberately bringing it to the Lord. And when you start to ask, you might be surprised as you get going, you begin to realize, wow, there's a lot I need to ask God for help with. Sometimes we spend more time worrying than we do actually asking. So I began to uh, bring all the requests to the Lord. But then it tells us here in Isaiah 54, and I want you to Turn there with me if you've got your Bibles. It, you can look at it in all sorts of different chapters, uh, all sorts of different translations. Some translations say, sing, O barren, you who've not born. I'm reading today out of the New American Standard. It says here, Break for, uh, shout for joy, O barren one. You who have borne no child, break forth into joyful shouting and cry aloud, you, who've not uh, you who have not travailed. For the sons of the desolate one will be more numerous than the sons of the married woman, says the Lord. God was telling these ones who hadn't yet seen the promise, these ones who were desolate, these ones who were barren, unfruitful, were not seeing what they were desiring. He began to tell them, I want you to shout for joy. I want you to sing. I want you to rejoice. I want you to celebrate over what you haven't yet seen because what you are asking for, what you are desiring and believing for, you can celebrate as though you already have it, even though in the natural you've not yet seen it. And he was showing us a key that when we ask, we not only have to bring the request to the Lord, we need to apply faith. And faith begins to thank him for what we haven't yet seen, begins to rejoice, begins to celebrate. You know, I actually will often do a happy dance over things that I am asking God for, a breakthrough I'm believing for. When I'm uh, making a prayer request for somebody who needs a breakthrough in the healing or whatever it might be, sometimes after I've asked, I begin to celebrate and just dance on the spot in my room or wherever I am out walking and to say, I'm celebrating in advance. Thank you for the answer. Thank you for that one's healing. Thank you, Lord, for their breakthrough. Because the Bible tells us, break into joy, celebrate, rejoice, sing as though you already have it and you will see the breakthrough come. Hi friends, for so many years I lived with condemnation, frustrated that I didn't fully measure up. Then the Holy Spirit began to reveal the truth that I was loved, set free and defined by the performance of Jesus, not by my good works. Such a basic truth, but I didn't really understand it. Let me help you fully grasp the goodness of God and how He's designed us to live supernaturally as new creations. 
Imagine if you were truly, supernaturally free from sin and shame, free to follow the desires that God's placed in your heart. In my new book, Supernatural Freedom, I give you simple keys to unlock the freedom that you were designed to live in every day. Well, I was talking to Emily, my daughter, about this a few weeks ago, and she said to me, oh, you need to hear Andre's testimony about this. And so tonight, we have the privilege of Andre Longanew. Uh, he and his beautiful wife, Shu, are just such a blessing to us as a church. We love them very, very much. Uh, many of you will know um, Andre's uncle, Nick Longanew. But I'm going to ask uh, Andre to come up and share a testimony about what this can look like for you. And I know it's going to really encourage you. Give him a hand as he comes up. Hallelujah. Thank you, Andre. Hi, everyone. Pastor Catherine. You're welcome. Let's see. Hallelujah. Hello. Praise God. Yep, you're yep. right. I'm on. Hi, everyone. I can't see anyone. I can just see black and a lot of light. Pastor Catherine, thank you for having us tonight. Oh, privilege. On behalf of, behalf of my wife, Shu, and I, um, we want to say thank you to Pastor Catherine, Pastor Tom, the leadership team here, and all of the academy staff as well. We've just absolutely loved our time in the academy and part of Glory City Church. If I gave it an anatomy, it's like the most beautiful, rich soil, and um, we are plants, and we are growing so much. It's just such a wonderful journey. So December of 2013, I was in Thailand, and I was part of a ministry trip there, and it was a 10-day trip, and we were teaching English to the primary uh, school students, the secondary students, and universities. So we're having a lot of fun teaching English throughout the day, and at night we would uh, go back to the ministry headquarters, and we would do youth camps, which was amazing. These beautiful Thai kids would come to the youth camps and at the altar call at the end, they would all rush the stage and give their heart to the Lord. They're just such soft-hearted, beautiful people. So we had this wonderful 10-day trip. And at the end of this 10 days, we had to fly uh, back to Bangkok from where we were in the south and then fly out of Thailand uh, back to Brisbane. So we're in a maxi taxi. There's 10, 10 of us in a maxi taxi or if you guys don't know what a maxi taxi is, that's like a van, a van taxi, a cab. And at the end, everyone's piling out, and I'm on the back seat. It's a, it's a bench seat, so there's three people on the back bench seat, and I'm right up in the corner. So everyone's jumped out, everyone's grabbed their bags, and we're excited to get on the plane and go home. So I'm shuffling across, quickly trying to grab my bag to catch up with everybody else. I grab my big suitcase, I jump out, pull the handle up, and I start running after the team. And halfway to the door, and the cab's closed the door, and he's gone. I've checked my pockets, as you do, for your passport, and no passport in my jacket. And now I'm starting to get a bit stressed out. I go for my pockets, nothing in my back pocket, front pockets. There's no passport. Now, I've realized not only do I not have a passport, I don't have a wallet, and I don't have a phone. I don't have my ticket. I have nothing. So I have my big suitcase, but my backpack, I realized I must have left it on the taxi. So I've rushed over to the other team members and I said, hey guys, hey guys, hey listen. And I'm stressed out. They're happy to run in and I'm like, hey guys, listen, do you have my backpack? Have you seen my backpack? And everyone says, I haven't seen your backpack. And everyone's heading into the airport and I am just going, my heart's going a million miles an hour. 
my thoughts are going a million miles an hour and I can feel the fear and the dread just hit me like a ton of bricks. And I'm thinking, what am I gonna do? I'm gonna have to work out some way to travel to an Australian embassy. I'm gonna have to work out how to cancel my credit cards. I'm gonna have to work out where I'm gonna stay tonight. I've, I don't know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna have to call back the family, you know, call, call home, get the family to wire me money. I don't know how wiring works, wiring money. I, I, so my mind's going a million miles an hour, and so are my, 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 my heart and my emotions. And it was like, in that moment, I had this full-blown memory pop up in my mind. And the memory was that one time when I was praying with some friends and we were worshiping, I remember having a vision of God on his throne. And God on his throne, he was majestic and powerful and awesome, and he was totally secure, and he was totally at ease, and he was confident, and he was relaxed. And I was not in this very moment. And I, it was like this surge of faith popped up just for a split second in the, in the midst of this chaos. And I realized I need to trust God in this moment. And I said, Father, I thank you, God. You're on the throne and nobody will dethrone you. God, I thank you that if you're not moved, nor will I be. God, I thank you that you're not shaken, so nor will I be. God, you're on the throne and you're in charge. And I trust you, God that that taxi, wherever he is, remember Bangkok has got 8.2 million people, the population. In Brisbane, the population is like 2.3 million. So it's a massive, big city in terms of population density. And for me to believe that this guy's gonna come back is absolutely impossible, but not with God, not with my God. And I said, Father, I thank you that that taxi, wherever he is, he's gonna stop and realize that's something he needs to check the back seat. And he's going to go to the back seat. He's going to find my backpack. And he's going to drive all the way back here. And he's going to come back up to the airport. And he's going to stop right here on this zebra crossing, this walkway. And he's going to stop the vehicle. He's going to get out of his car. He's going to walk around. He's going to open the door, grab my backpack, pull it out. He's going to come back around here. And he's going to give me my backpack. So I'm going to get my passport, my wallet, my phone, my keys, my ticket, my bag, and I'm going to get on this plane. And this is exactly what's going to happen. Now, I'm not telling God what to do, but I'm applying my faith and I'm putting my trust in God at this time, in this moment of absolute emotional and thought chaos. I trust God to come through for me. Now, I realized that's well and good, but I'm still, my mind's still going a million miles an hour. So is my heart. My emotions are going crazy. I need to, now don't tell me, I didn't know at the time why I got this thought, but I knew in that moment I needed to worship. Today I know it's the Holy Spirit. Today I know the Holy Spirit speaks to us in these sorts of ways, giving us, you know, thoughts, memories, etc. And I knew I needed to worship because I needed to still my, my thoughts and I needed to still my emotions. I need to fix my mind and my heart on God. And I was thinking to myself, okay, I've got no phone. I don't have music. I don't know what I'm going to sing, but I need to sing worship. I need to do it right now. Now, the only worship song at that time in my life, this is eight years ago, that I hated this song, it was Shout to the Lord by Darlene Check. Now, at the time, look, I love Darlene Check. It's a great song, but I was a bit young and I didn't like the old school sort of 90s worship. And I was like, no, no, I'm not singing that song. And I promise you, it was the only song I could remember in this moment. 
And I thought, okay, whatever. I just need worship and I need to sing right now. I need to fix my mind on the Lord right this second. So I start. Shout to the Lord, all the earth, let us sing. Now, I'm a terrible singer. I know that. Power and majesty, praise to the King. The mountains bow down and the seas will roar at the sound of your name. Now, all the words started coming to me. A minute ago, I didn't know the lyrics. Now they're really coming to me. So I thought, maybe this is from God. I'll just keep singing. So you can imagine me, a white guy in the middle of Bangkok, outside the airport, and I'm singing at the top of my lungs, Shout to the Lord by Darlene Check. All these people are looking at me funny, like, what is wrong with this guy? And I thought, I don't care. I just need, I need to focus. I need to fix my mind and my heart on the Lord right now. So that's what I did. And I just kept singing this song over and over, over and over. And after about 20 minutes, a pastor came back out. Now, remember, he's trying to get 10 young people on an airplane. So he's got lots of responsibilities, trying to get this guy on the air, these guys on the airplane. And he said, Andre, what's going on? You know, and I told him everything. And he was trying to um, call the ministry team. But they're not even in this city. They're somewhere else. And he couldn't get in contact with them. He just couldn't dial through to them. And I said, look, don't worry about it. God's going to come through for me. I believe God's going to come through for me. Just get everyone on the airplane. Don't worry about me. So he's gone back in. He rushed back in. And I'm talking about 30 minutes of singing Shout to the Lord over and over, over and over. 30 minutes goes past. 40 minutes goes past. And I feel those surges of emotions and the thoughts going again. Father, I thank you. Taxi driver, he's going to come back here. He's going to pull up here at the zebra crossing. He's going to get out of his car. And God, I thank you that you're immovable and you're unshakable and you're on the throne and you're in charge, God, and I trust you. You're going to come through for me, God. No one can dethrone you, God. Nobody can pull you off your throne. So God, I believe you. You're going to come through for me here. I thank you in Jesus' name. And I keep singing and I keep singing. 50 minutes goes past, 60 minutes goes past, and it must have been 70, 80 minutes of this. And obviously, I'm looking at every taxi that's going past. Is that him? Is that him? That's probably him, but it wasn't. I'm talking about 70, 80 minutes now. This van pulls up, a maxi taxi, a big, you know, van taxi pulls up at the zebra crossing, and I'm thinking, is that him? Is that him? And I can't tell if it's him. He gets out of his car. He goes around to the passenger seat. He pulls open the, the car, and I'm still looking. Is that, is that him? Is, that, is this my bag? He grabs something out of, the, out of the back, and he comes around, and it's this bag right here. It's my bag, and it had my passport, wallet, phone, keys, my plane ticket, and the blue ribbon represents 2012, and the red ribbon it represents 2013. This was my bag. God came through for me when it was absolutely, absolutely impossible. There's three points or three things that I learned from that um, encounter, that, that experience. Number one, I can partner with my feelings, emotions, thoughts, confusion, unbelief, chaos, or I can partner with God. And that's what I did, and God came through for me. So we have free will. We have a choice and a decision to make. Number two, to still and quiet my thoughts and emotions, worship was the key for me to focus on God. And number three, God is the God of the impossible. Our God, our God, he specializes in the impossible. 
So God bless you, church. Hey, hallelujah. Praise God. That's so awesome, Andre. Praise God. I hope that encouraged you because I was so encouraged to hear that testimony. Over and over again, I have seen God come through as we start to move into a place of celebrating, worshiping, and thanking God for what we don't yet have. What are you believing for? Because whatever you're believing for, be careful that you don't adopt an attitude of a beggar trying to twist God's arm, hoping that something will happen. No, God is looking for us not to, go, not to pray in vain. I mean, I hear people say some, something, uh, sometimes I hear them say things like, well, all we can do now is pray. As though, you know, we haven't got anything left, you know, all we can do is pray. But actually, the very best thing, the most powerful thing you can do is pray. And pray not as someone that is distant, hoping God will hear, but to pray with faith and expectation that when you ask, you will receive. And God wants us so much to recognize that when we approach him, we can approach in holy confidence. I've been sharing recently about praying uh, the Lord's Prayer. And we, uh, we start with our Father. And when the disciples asked Jesus, teach us how to pray, because they could see he had this glorious, intimate relationship with the Father. And he had a, such a confidence all the time when he would ask, when he would walk, he was so secure in God, in love. And so they said, teach us. We want to know how to pray. Uh, they, they knew how to uh, recite prayers, but they didn't have that connection that Jesus had. And Jesus said when he, he started, he said, well, when you pray, pray like this, our Father. That is the same Father that I'm communing and speaking with, Jesus was saying, is your Father too. And when you approach him, approach him with a confidence that he's not a distant God that you're trying to get to hear you. The same love that the Father has for me, he has for you. And when you approach him, you can approach him with a faith that believes. You can cry out, our Father, my Father, the Father that Jesus communed with. You are my Father too, by the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ who died and rose again. I can now call you my Father. So our Father, I approach you to, uh, with a holy confidence. And when we begin to pray, God wants us to pray with this same confidence. And it's a confidence that believes that when we ask, we receive. Whatever we ask according to the will of God, the Bible says we can have it. We, it it's ours. Hallelujah. Believe that you have received it. That is what the Lord wants you to do. He doesn't want you asking and wondering and wonder if anything's gonna happen. He actually wants you to apply faith to this, to say, I believe that I have received that. So I've asked, now I thank you for it. And I'm gonna sing, I'm gonna shout, I'm gonna rejoice, I'm gonna celebrate. Thank you for it, hallelujah. And when the enemy comes and, and begins to uh, sow fear and doubt, because he will, he's the enemy. 
He wants to steal your joy. He wants to steal your confidence. He wants to sow fear and doubt. When you're feeling and hearing those words, recognize, no, I'm not going there, devil. I'm gonna rejoice. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the breakthrough. If you're believing for good results and uh, you've had some tests and you're concerned and you've, you've prayed, Lord, heal me, make me well. Thank you, Lord. And you begin to thank him, thank him uh, for, for those clear results. You can begin to result. Uh, dance and celebrate. Thank you, Jesus, for clear results. I was uh, doing this for a friend as I was interceding for him. Thank you, Lord, for his healing. Thank you, Lord, you've healed him. Thank you, Jesus, doing my little happy dance for him. And sure enough, totally clear results. Whatever you are asking for, don't just ask. Take it the next step and believe that you have received it and begin to celebrate. Thank you, Lord, I've received that. I was uh, praying today and asking, Lord, you know we need a building. So Father, thank you for that building. I celebrate it. Yay, hooray. And I began to let my emotions go into the joy of receiving that. Whatever you are asking for, let yourself get happy. They were saying here, it, it says here, shout for joy, O barren one. Break forth into joyful shouting and cry aloud. That is, that's not um, just uh, putting something on. That's actually letting your emotions go there. God is an emotional God. He created emotions, not to control us, but that we could uh, use what he's given us to, in faith, begin to enjoy and celebrate uh, the goodness of the Lord. God wants you to begin to let your emotions go there in what it looks like to receive it. Some people hesitate and they think, oh, I don't wanna get excited about it just in case it doesn't happen. Well, that is what unbelief looks like and that's what unbelief wants to do for you. Unbelief says, no, 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 don't go there, you might get disappointed. Faith says, go there because God is faithful and God says that I've asked and whatever I ask according to his will I can have, this is the will of God for me, so I'm gonna go there in faith. I'm not gonna be afraid of being disappointed because hope in God does not disappoint. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 